Hello, everyone. Welcome to Market or Pitch, the news and trends podcast from Vantage Black and Brown Perspective. I'm Yesenia Reynoso, one half of the squad. And to the opposite end of the spectrum is my good friend, partner, and co-host extraordinaire, Corey Davis. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the, to the podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the uh, Marketer Pitch family. Welcome to uh, Episode 8, a.k.a. Volume 20 of Season 2. Corey, I think it's safe to say that as we're getting closer and closer to spring, uh, I, 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 for me, I'm a summer, I'm a summer baby. So uh, just uh, dealing with the last weeks of winter just brings nothing but pure smiles in my ears. Yes. And I same. I'm I like warm weather. I live in Los Angeles, so warm <laughs> weather to me is all year round. But it, you know, for me, uh, I prefer more 80s to 90s than 60s to 50s. So yes, um, I'm looking forward to not only to the springtime and the summer, but also more daylight hours. And if you've noticed that we're starting to see a little more daylight past 5 p.m., which makes me very excited. Yes, and so uh, as we continuously count down to the eventual return of summer, I just want to update uh, the Marketer Pitch family a couple of housekeeping uh, announcements. Uh, for those, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to our universe. And for those who, are, are, who have become our regular listeners, thank you so much for coming back. If you're interested in hearing this episode and past episodes, whether it's the remainder of uh, the rest of season two, Tongue twisting, uh, all of season one, and as well as uh, the intermission series Freestyle. Uh, please listen to us. It's available across all major podcasting media- mediums YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. We also are available on our YouTube page. Uh, so please find us at Marketer Pitch. Um, this podcast airs uh, weekdays on Thursday mornings at 6 30 a.m. on the Helium Radio Network. Uh, and finally, we are also available. Available on the Wisdom app. So Wisdom Community, I understand. Uh, and I promise w- Corey and I got some exciting plans that we are going to be announcing in due time as to how we're going to make our presence truly felt in the app. So please stay tuned to that. I know it's been a lot of time constraints, but I promise you it's going to be well worth the wait. Uh, and finally, if you are not following us on social media, please do so now. We are available across Twitter and Instagram at Marketer Pitch. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Hit those subscribe buttons. We cannot even uh, we cannot even beg you enough. This means the world to us. We definitely want to hear your opinions. You are the reason as to why this podcast is up and running. We want to deliver you the best content from a marketing and public relations angle. So please uh, like, share, comment, subscribe across our, all of our social media channels and our podcasting mediums. Uh, and... Um, um, and also, if you have a comment, question, or anything whatsoever from a marketing or PR angle that you want to make your voice known, please email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, and I'll just real quickly say, uh, I know before we get into a jam-packed show, that uh, if you have not listened to our last episode, please stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to it. I think it's one of our strongest episodes yet. It's sports themed. Uh, action-packed, we, we drive into sports, race, the Olympics, 
uh, everything is interconnected. So definitely take a, take a second look if you have uh, second listen if you have uh, listened to it the first time. But yes, please go back to the third episode because it's some very important uh, tips that we offer. Absolutely, my friend. I can't echo that enough. So if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to our last episode, uh, please do so. It's definitely, uh, I agree with Corey, one of our best episodes yet. So many intersectionality across uh, various societal topics with that marketing and PR spin um, that I think uh, everybody will truly enjoy. And again, feel free to comment uh, as you see fit. So we ourselves have to di- quickly dive in because we have a jam-packed show. Uh, obviously, for those um, who have, uh, you, you know, again, who have already been accustomed to this uh, format, uh, we'll be introducing you to, uh, we have three topics. Uh appetizer entree and dessert and the entire season two theme revolves around uh, eating at a you know at a favorite restaurant or your or burger joint uh and each one of these topics are is going to offer our respective spin to it uh but we also inject a little bit of spice so uh we're gonna dive right in um just to let everybody know foi because today is such a jam-packed show we are going to be uh, we're going to be so full that we're going to nix out the dessert part. That's how big of a show that we have today because these two topics single-handedly themselves are going to be are, are pretty much going to be the catalyst of, of you know of our you know of our two segments today. So we're gonna dive right into the appetizer segment and obviously the last episode was our sports theme episode uh, sports uh, sports mania. Uh, we talked about the Olympics, we talked about the NFL, but there's also one particular sport that we did not get the chance to talk about, but now we do, and it deserves its own spotlight because, Corey, as someone who who watches and idolizes the sport, and you do as well, not only this break, you know, for me, this breaks my heart, but it also infuriates me as a fan, and what I'm talking about is the MLB lockout. Yes. The MLB lockout, which, uh, which let's be honest, we all knew uh, this was coming. We all knew that since the 2020 season when MLB and the Players Association were negotiating that shortened 60-game season during the COVID-19 pandemic, we knew that there was a lot of toxicity and animosity between them. It basically foreshadowed for what was to come, and here we are. Uh, where now uh, MLB is experiencing, in my opinion, one of the worst public relations and communications crisis in a very long time when a sport continues its decline. And, uh, and, and to offer a, little, a quick little insight as to what's been happening right now. So on December 2nd, 2020, we locked out the Players Association and since then, um, the players uh, and as well as the league have been, I mean, I don't know in terms of effort, how much of an effort they've been trying to put out there to bargain for a new collective bargaining agreement, also known as the CBA, to no avail. Both sides are far apart. And now we're at a point where we, uh, where they haven't even had the audacity to negotiate as soon as this lockout was over. But they ended up doing so during the final weeks of January, and then into all, and then into February, they ended up uh, scheduling a week from the week of the twenty-first. Uh, spring training was supposed to start in February sixteenth, but 
that did not work. Uh, and so they ended up bargaining uh, to no avail. And so now back on February 28th, which was the deadline, and they missed it, of course, they ended up missing, can- they ended up canceling games. Uh, and the first two series of the ML- 22 MLB season are completely canceled. They're not going to be make up. And so, Corey, I want to bring you into the loop because uh, from, a, you know, obviously from a marketing standpoint, um, this is obviously the very last thing that MLB needs. But I also want to know, uh, I also want to know, uh, you know, just how bad in terms of a reputation this is. Because at a time now where NFL is experiencing the biggest popularity, basketball, you know, is making huge waves with this young fan base. And we also are seeing the rise of soccer uh, in the, you know, in, the ML, you know, in MLS, uh, and especially with the World Cup coming up. This is the very last thing baseball needs right now. And as the sport continues to decline in popularity due to the lack of pace of game, uh, the lack of uh, MLB properly marketing its stars, uh, and as well as uh, a whole laundry list of things. And uh, to me personally, I, hate, I am not a fan of the commissioner. Uh, baseball has seen a decline in, you know, in, you know, in recent memory. So, Corey, let me bring you in. Uh, talk. Uh, let, offer yeah. your opinion. Just how yeah. bad this is, because I can't I, even talking about it. Just makes my blood boil. This is nuclear. This I, I I I even hate to say the word. This could be the end of baseball, the MLB as you know it. Yeah. Um, as you as you know, as you as you talked about, this is the first time in twenty seven years. And when uh, there's two issues, I'll get I'll get to the actual the lockout later. But the impact from it, from least from a marketing, advertising, and PR standpoint of it. When the lockout, uh, when was that? The late 90s, 97, 96? Yeah, and that was in 1994. 1994. Uh, sorry, 94. Uh, it took MLB five to six years to, re- to recover. I believe TV mm-hmm. ratings were dropped until the late 90s. Um, I, and by late 90s, that's really is a hammer number of Sammy Sosa and, and uh, Mark Maguire. They really helped re- revitalize MLB at the late 90s. But MLB really did drop ratings. Uh, viewers stopped attending games. Uh, they were severely hurt by by the lockout previously, and this is the late '90s, and this is when TV ratings were higher. This is when more fan engagement was higher. Right now, as we're saying, entering the phase where the MLB is already suffering. One, the average age of the MLB is rising and rising. They're not getting newer fans. You have other sports, NBA, knocking down the door. You have MLS actually doing well with the younger population. So all these other sports, even hockey is, has making strides. So all the other sports are, are, are doing well making strides, and MLB did not need this right now. So I, I fear that we're already seeing about two weeks of the season already canceled. Um, so I know some advertisers have uh, going to have to maybe pull out. And, um, it, and, of course, they could make these games up, depending on how long this goes on. But the impact is already there. I think this season, I think you're going to see half of attendance of games. People are going to be turned off just from the MLB as a whole. And unfortunately, I don't see a way forward. I don't know what's going to be the lever in the future to get people to want to return back to the MLB. So that's my first I, point. Yeah. Uh, you made a very good point about the viewership, uh, Corey, because I want to I want to point out, you know, just how bad it is, you know, uh, from, you know, from a baseball standpoint. The, the fact that Major League Soccer, soccer, 
We already know it's the world sport is number one worldwide, but here in the United States, it has not been. But over the last several years, we started to see a huge increase in terms of interest for soccer. And, and it's on its way to eventually overtaking baseball as the, number th- as the third most popular sport in the country. Let me give you a quick little rundown in terms of viewer percentage for each sport. For football, it's 38.8%. For basketball, it's 15.3%. Baseball currently is at 14.8%, and soccer, which right now is the fourth most popular sport, is at 8.2%, but it's growing. It's growing in interest, it's growing in engagement, and it's, and it's growing in terms of the actual format of the sport. And don't be too surprised that eventually, we already, uh, we already seen experts predicting that soccer will eventually surpass baseball in terms of popularity here in the United States by 2026 when the FIFA World Cup comes here to the, comes to the U.S. So, that, uh, so already the fact from a reputation and public relations standpoint, baseball already had a problem in terms of marketing its star players. Baseball had a problem in terms of engaging with younger fans with younger fans because the sport has, while it's been traditional and it's understandable, they want to preserve the history have been incredibly slow or or reluctant to accepting any kind of change to speed up the game whatsoever. So that's number one. Number two, I, I cannot deal with the, with the petty actions of the owners and the players. I am all pro player, no doubt about it, because I'm the kind of person that, you know, from a worker standpoint, you, you are, we are the reason why this economy continues to run. Mm-hmm. Our value means way more than a bunch of billionaires. We're the ones who actually make these billionaires. That's number one. Number two, the reason why, another reason why the sports is dying is because of greed. Obviously, uh, for the Players Association, they shot the, themselves in the foot with the fact that they did not demand what they wanted to do in previous CBAs. They basically dropped the ball and allowed the owners to get whatever it is that they want, and now they have all the leverage in the world. And so now, obviously, now you're seeing them uh, pushing their power as they should because uh, the Players Association folded like, like a like a like a little rock uh and so the players you know the players are now trying to catch up what they have missed in past cbas and so while i understand that the players want to get whatever they want they also have to be realistic and understanding they're not going to get everything that they want they got to be able to compromise at least lay down a foundation and eventually you know, start building from the ground up what exactly do they want in future CBAs. And obviously for the, you know, the owners, you know, they're billionaires. You know, they have so much money that they don't have, they, they don't need to be starting games on time, you know. But this is, you know, this is catastrophic. The, in terms of the reputation, this is a huge hit. Many people are going to be turned off. They're not going to be attending ga- attendance to the uh, you know to games. Are, it's going to be cut off by half, if not less. Uh, viewership is going to is going to drop, and you have alienated uh, a generation of fans who already have not been interested in the sport. They're going to be even turned off even more. Obviously, the diehards are still going to be there, but um, but the you know but the general fans are not going to be coming back. Yeah, and I, and I think that, and unfortunately, all this is, is all, it's all due to greed. It's all due to greed. And, and, and to play devil's advocate, I definitely understand where, how the, where the players are coming from as far as 
uh, and, and we really didn't get into like the crux of this. It really is what, what the MLB is calling the luxury tax. It's like the cap uh, was preventing players from actually increasing their salary. So I do, I, I do get their argument is if, if the ownership revenues are going up year after year, but my salary is going down year after year, something has to give. So I definitely get that. But at the end of the day, like you just said, is greed from both sides is going to wind up with uh, nothing five or six years down the road when viewership is turned off, mm-hmm. TV dollars goes away, advertisers start pulling out, fans start leaving the game. Then what are you left with? You're left with uh, a shell of an organization that was once the greatest pastime of, of, of the country. It's way, it, the, you know, the, they're way, they're out of touch, simply put, Corey. And I find it, you know, uh, you made a couple, you made a quick little pointer about the revenue poverty. I find it funny when Rob Manfred did his press conference uh, and he was saying like, oh, we lost a lot of money, you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic and so forth and so forth. I just had a laugh because in 2019 and uh, since 2019, MLB, made record profits they according to forbes magazine they approximately in 2019 they made a profit of approximately 17.9 billion if i'm wrong with those numbers so somebody please correct that um but uh but uh but they made profit record profit because people were watching the game plain and simple and so for you know for us general fans like we understand what's you know what's going on but you know but fans don't want to hear it to them, this is a bunch of battle between millionaires and billionaires mm-hmm. and fighting, you know, fighting over cash. Nobody wants to hear it, especially since at a time people people are struggling right now. Uh, and, um, and and one last thing before we, you know, we before we wrap this up, where in the world was Tony Clark? Where in the world was he? It, was he has he been hiding under a rock or something? You know, if I were. If I were the PR person for, you know, for the Players Association, I would have created a strategy where I would have had either Tony Clark or a major PA, uh, MLB, MLB PA spokesperson be on every single, every single outlet that you can think of. CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox, CBS, uh, ESPN, you name it. I would have had him on every single outlet, every single podcast talking about the player standpoint as to why you know they've been on this work uh, in this workout. What is the goal? The purposes, and more importantly, to drive pressure on the league and the owners to get to the negotiating table and actually start negotiating. Because the fact of the matter is that since the lockout began in December, they should have been in negotiation since since December second. There is no reason. There was no reason whatsoever as to why they waited this long to you know to actually get on the table. So that, uh, so that right there was, uh, you know, was also another uh, ball that both the Players Association and the league dropped. But I'm kind of like, Tony, what, what kind of PR strategy are you trying to, are you trying to pull? If you're trying to win sympathy for your side, you should literally be out there talking to every single outlet and getting your point across so that way you can drive pressure to the owners and as well as get yourself to the bargaining table so you can start laying down the goals that you want to achieve. So um, uh, at this point, uh, Mafford deserves to be fired. Clark deserves to be fired. Uh, but the damage has been done. This is catastrophic. I, 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 I don't see baseball recovering for this. And this breaks my heart as a baseball fan because I absolutely love the sport. But it also infuriates me because all of this could have been prevented if they would have taken this seriously. Yeah. 
and 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 we'll, and we'll see. We'll see what what's gonna happen over the next month or so. Um, I I don't see a, a resolution coming soon, and um, we'll see how many more games are canceled. But like I said, to, you know, just to put a pin on 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 this part, I definitely think that uh, we 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 all could be waiting for the beginning of the year, unfortunately. All right, uh, so we're definitely going to keep an eye on the MLB lockout uh, because this is a story that, in my opinion, this could be the death. And I really don't want to say it uh, uh, because, again, it will break my heart, but it's definitely worth monitoring. So stay tuned for more updates. We now move on from MLB lockout to Ukraine. Uh, and that is our main course uh, for the day uh, for this, uh, you know, for this episode. Obviously, everybody knows what's been happening. Everybody, I'll rephrase that. Obviously, everybody knows what has been happening over in Ukraine. Uh, the situation which every day has been getting much more dire. Um, and also one that, in my opinion, from a marketer and, a, and, and communicator standpoint, needs to have a much closer look. Uh, for those who have not been, uh, you know, following as to what, uh, you know, what's been going on, uh, Russia, you know, has, uh, you know, invaded Ukraine uh, for, um, you know, for geopolitical purposes or whatever it is that the, you know, whatever it is that the country, you know, wanted to do. Uh, and so we've been seeing a major outpouring of support. Uh, for for Ukraine and obviously you know our thoughts uh, you know our thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Ukraine. Hopefully uh, this will get resolved at the earliest uh, you know at the at the earliest convenience. But Corey, I think what uh, to me what has been so fascinating about this and uh, you know this entire story and I think uh, this Los Angeles uh, you know article has kind of put it out there. Um, the LA Times, I should say, Ukraine is winning at least in the public relations battle. We have truly seen, um, you know, uh, uh, Ukraine government officials uh, throughout, uh, across uh, national and international outlets, you know, pledging their case and offering their perspective, you know, on the war, trying to win the battle of the narrative. And at a time now where our entire society as a whole has been so heavily narrative based for all the wrong reasons. I find it kind of funny that in terms of their media coverage, uh, uh, you know, with Ukraine and as well as, you know, other, you know, uh, uh, f foreign, uh, foreign conflicts such as Afghanistan and, and Iraq, just how double-sided it has been. And the hypocrisy that we are seeing from these outlets is truly fabulous. But I also have to also say something for marketers and, you know, and for PR, uh, and whether it's independent petitioners, in-house or agencies. It's great to see them, you know, they're, they're tiptoeing the situation quite lightly, uh, you know, offering resources and, you know, and so forth and so forth. But again, it's the same thing. If you're going to be talking about Ukraine, then you're going to have to talk about every, you know, everything else as well. And, um, and Corey, I want to bring you into the loop because this is just so fascinating. You know, the, the, the double-sidedness, the hypocrisy, the, you know, the, you know, just how the propaganda and the censorship has really taken firm control over here. It, it, it's truly something, uh, something to believe. It is. And I actually will say, uh, I think a lot of brands are, are playing this correctly. I'm I'm gonna I usually I come on here I'm like the Grinch I I'm like mm -hmm. curmudgeon about how brands and marketers need to be better but from what I'm seeing I think brands and and just 
companies are taking the right steps and they're saying the right things. At least from my eyes, we saw that Apple and Nike have announced that they're stops they're start they're stopping operations in Russia. We're seeing Airbnb suspend operations. I think it's been announced that Visa and Mastercard are suspending operations. So actually, I'm surprised that companies are stepping up this fast and this quickly, uh-huh. uh, and they're doing and they're making the right steps. They yeah. are. I, I, they nor, in normal in, in past, you see a lot of companies almost give face value, especially during as you saw in 2020 with the COVID 19 pandemic, giving then going to George Floyd and the racial injustice in this country. A lot of companies gave lip. They released an Instagram statement, set a state a PR statement that. You know, we value diversity in the organization, uh, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't take many actions. A lot of these companies over the past two years, from dealing with the pandemic and dealing with George Floyd, they really didn't change anything in their internal organizations. Now you're actually seeing they're putting their money in their mouth there. Apple is not releasing a statement saying we, we still with Ukraine. They're stopping selling their products in Russia. Visa mm-hmm. MasterCard didn't release a statement saying that what's happening is a tragedy and devastation. They're suspending their services in the country. And I think that action is what brands should start doing and use it as a blueprint for the future when, when other injustices are happening in this world. Put your money where your mouth is. If you really do feel a certain way, don't release a statement about it. Uh, release a statement and then do the work. And I, and I think that what we're seeing right now, for the first time I'm seeing in a while, as this humanitarian effort, a lot of these companies are coming together and actually doing the work. And I'm and I'm happy what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's you know I have to appreciate the efforts of all of our fellow uh, marketers and communicators again working in house agency or freelance. Um, you know to see the, the the rapid response in terms of awareness, engagement, and more importantly empathy. Uh, it's 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 a sight to see, and I'm and you know and I'm happy to see you know to see that effort. But I also have to be concerned here as well because I've always been in a communicator that always likes to view things from a global perspective. If you're going to be talking about Ukraine, okay, I get it. But you also need to be then. Then you're basically opening yourself up to, uh, uh, you know, to a, you know, to a twofold where you're going to have to talk about foreign issues from other countries obviously uh, and what i'm talking about is if you're going to talk about ukraine then you got to talk about iraq then you got to talk about afghanistan you got to talk about syria you got to talk about venezuela you got to talk about um um yemen libya all, all, all those countries um uh, you know that you know whose livelihoods you know have been destroyed you also got to give comment to that as well. So, Uh-oh. like, you're, you're, you're opening Pandora's box. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's you know, that that's the thing. I you appreciate know, that, it. I appreciate yeah. it. And that's the thing as well because if again, if you're going to be commenting on this type of one country, then you got to talk about everybody. And then we talked about this back in our very first episode uh, when we talk about diversity. The import, uh, there's some people who are talking about components of it, but they're not talking the entire sphere. The same thing can be translated here. If you're going to be talking about foreign relations issues, anything that's connected to war or any other, you know, critically important societal issue, then you got to talk talk about it to everybody. And you also got to talk about accountability as well, uh, because uh, we have been, what we've been seeing, especially on the, you know, on the media front, is that countries are not being accountable for their actions. 
at you know at a time where you know there's a lot of victim blaming and victim shaming all around and i also find it very sad as well just like again the coverage that i've been seeing you know a lot you know especially from these international reporters who are you know who are basically utilizing a discriminatory bias against people of color uh because uh you know because they uh, uh because they've been so accustomed to see any kind of war on these third world developed countries but when they see war or, or anything major uh in a more as they call it in a civilized nation by ukraine then they're shocked and and i'm and, and here i am it's like you know what are you doing it's like you're not. Uh, we are all human. We're all one. You know, we're all, we're all equal. We're all on the same level. But again, it goes to shows the, you know, the how deep, deeply rooted racism is across the world. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a major disease that continues to, you know, to plague the way as to how do we shape narratives and perceptions. And it was incredibly heartbreaking to see, you know, that take shape. Yes. And, and that's, see, for me, I, I, I'm viewing the two different issues. And I totally agree with you on, the, um, on, on your point. And let's put it straight as straight. You didn't say the words, but what you're really saying is from brands and for coverage, it have the same consistency when it's white people versus when it's people of color. And that mm-hmm. really is the crux of, of everything. I yeah. feel like, I feel like uh, people who listen to our podcast uh, will, can go back and probably deciphered that everything revolves around racism because that's really it, it the culture of how society has been set up and mm-hmm. what you said is 100 percent the case 100 percent the truth um and uh you know but i do do want to give these brands at least a kudos for stepping mm-hmm. up yeah now but now like you just said we're looking forward to the next injustice it won't be in europe it's going to be in latin america or africa or the middle yeah. east are you going to say the same thing? And that's where we want to decide and see. Absolutely. And that is, uh, you know, that's definitely something to be aware of because, you know, uh, any kind of global societal issue affects everybody. And so it's incredibly important while we are, in fact, seeing, you know, the solidarity and the compassion for Ukraine as it should be. And I'm, and I'm, and again, I'm very proud that, you know, us as brands and as organizations are stepping up. But I need to see that across the board for everybody. It's all about unity for everyone. There is no point in excluding uh, one group over the other because of some, you know, uh, because of some superiority uh, mindset that, in my opinion, should be abolished and completely uh, eliminated. But, um, but I also, you know, as well want to, you know, I also want to put, a, you know, a, a, put an emphasis on, you know, uh, on, on this. Um, when it comes to misinformation, I think we, you know, we are witnessing just how rap- you know, how rapidly urgent it is for us to talk about misinformation and censorship because in a very heavily narrative-based uh, society where right now opinions, if you say something negative or against the main narrative, you're going to get shut down. You're going you're gonna to get shut out. Uh, and censorship has been running rampant. It has increased well over the years. And that is a huge concern for me as a communicator because it's so incredibly important for us to tell the truth, to be factual. Even if you do not agree with, uh, you know, with that perception, you got to listen to all sides and then develop an opinion on your own. 
you cannot, and we're seeing a, a, a major control of the narrative where people who are who are in, who are in descent mode or are against what the the main the mainstream narrative is, they're getting censored, they're being smeared, um, called out the the worst book, the worst tricks in the book, uh, and we're seeing you know we're see, and we're seeing it rampant a whole lot more and that is a major concern because if you can't be factual if you can't offer facts if you cannot offer an opposing opinion uh just because um you're not in agreement with it or what's whatever your opinion is you're, and you're going to be censored out of society that is clearly wrong the way to battle censorship is not by shutting people down it's by opening up the doors for more voices more people to offer their thoughts and overflow and eventually subdue and or eliminate the you know the ne- uh, the negative misinformation and disinformation that's been running rapid. Remember, misinformation spreads six times as much, if not more, than positive and factual news. And so, it's of the uttermost importance for us to stop with whatever cens- stop with the censorship and and support uh, and support voices. You know, whether whether you agree with or disagree with, especially from independent and alternative media outlets. Uh, to really, you know, to really make these points out uh, and have real organic conversations, you know, for us to, you know, to solve some of these, some of the most pressing issues. Yeah, and uh, you could have said it better, and, and I agree with your sentiment. All right, we're definitely going to touch more about censorship because Corey, I think it's a, it's a very big topic that must be discussed. Uh, because uh, we're seeing it becoming even more rampant, especially with the 2022 midterm elections coming up. I think that is definitely a topic that needs to be explored much forward because I, I cannot express the urgency of this. Yep, and I look forward to uh, hopefully maybe the season finale you can, uh, of this season you can, you can get more into it because I agree. There's awesome. definitely a, a, larger, uh, a larger conversation around censorship to, to be had. All right. And so with that, that wraps up our show of Volume 20, a.k.a. Episode 8. Corey, I told you there was no need for dessert because these two topics are as as huge as they should be. Yes. And thanks, everyone, for, for listening. Today's been action-packed, but I think we had a great conversation. Fabulous. And I want to thank all of our viewers, again, our first-timers and our regulars. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, again, uh, this po- this episode, as well as all previous episodes, are available across major podcasting mediums and our YouTube page. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do so. Click, hit and click the subscribe button and also leave a five-star review, whether it's on our YouTube page or our podcasting mediums. We definitely want to hear from you. Any comments or questions regarding the MLB lockout, Ukraine, or anything that pops up into your mind, please, we want to hear from you. Marketerpitch at gmail.com. Email us. Uh, don't forget as well, uh, this uh, episode will be, will be uploaded uh, this later this week. So keep an eye across our social media platforms. Follow us at Twitter and Instagram at MarketerPitch. Uh, with the wisdom app we definitely uh, see and hear you we got big plans coming up so if you haven't downloaded the, the wisdom app please do so we're going to be announcing those uh relatively soon uh and don't forget and finally marketer pitch is live on the helium radio network thursday mornings at 6 30 a.m don't miss it Corey, any last words uh no hope everyone has a great uh rest of the few weeks and happy spring Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you 
at the next episode, Volume 21, a.k.a. Episode 9. Signing off. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye, y'all.